0: Welcome to the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations, Working Virtually, Insight for Mid-Level Leadership. I'm Stephanie Menefee, and today we're joined by Dr. Abigail Shegg, Associate Dean of the School of Business here at North Central University. Dr. Shegg, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to come and chat with us about how to be successful in a virtual work environment. Thanks
1: for having me, Stephanie. I'm glad to be here.
0: So your position is really interesting in that you have a full staff that reports to you, but you're also part of a team who reports to someone higher up. So given your dual role, today I have some questions for you from both the perspective of someone who leads a virtual team and as someone who works on a virtual team. Um, But first, can, can you tell us a little bit about your position? Sure. Thank you. So
1: as you shared, I'm the Associate Dean of Faculty for the School of Business here at North Central. Uh, In that role, I have about 25 full-time faculty members, two associate directors of faculty support and development, and around 100 part-time faculty members that work for me uh, within the School of Business. So in my role, I'm responsible for hiring, onboarding, training coaching, supporting, retaining, and elevating those faculty members to meet the requirements of our teaching through engagement model when they work with students, um, as well as just helping those faculty members on their own career trajectory. So in my position, I hold regular meetings for the full-time faculty team and one-on-ones with the direct report faculty that I have as well as do individual coaching or performance support for new faculty or established faculty as needed, and of course, participate in the annual performance evaluation process. I also do participate as a member of the School of Business leadership team with a handful of others reporting directly to the dean of the School of Business. And so to that team, I try to bring the voice and perspective of the faculty members what our faculty members can do, what they can't do, what they need to do their jobs well, and where and how they need support from the organization. Um, More specifically, my role in the leadership team intersects with several other members. So for instance, we have a director of assessment, and he and I regularly collaborate on the data he has or the data that I need to inform faculty effectiveness, faculty performance, and faculty-related decision-making.
0: So that's really interesting. Um, You have a whole team that reports to you, and then you're also part of a team that really works to make things better for the individuals that you lead. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So uh, this kind of brings me into something that I've been reading a lot lately about uh, adaptability, that someone, especially in a virtual team setting, must be adaptable to change. So what are some of the traits you look for in a virtual employee when you're hiring, training, and retaining?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So when I look to hire a new employee for the team, I often look for those soft skills or those more intangible things like adaptability, communication, and organization, overall organization, because those provide a really strong foundation upon which the specifics of the day-to-day job can be built. Um, So you, you might wonder how does someone see these in the application process or when you're just starting to get to know someone. So sometimes I see those soft skills on a resume or just in the way that a CV or resume is organized, such as in a really clear, logical or a disjointed or unedited manner. Also, attention to detail in completing the full application process and following the directions of the process is something that stands out. So that ability to use the tools correctly, complete tasks, and meet initial deadlines. Um, Adaptability, specifically, is really important in a virtual space because it lives at this crucial intersection of active listening, of critical thinking, reaction, and reflection. And change is hard, but it's also constant, and that's very true in the online space. Technologies change and develop, initiatives shift gears. So I believe adaptability, particularly to our virtual team, is really important because very little of our roles are static, given the model that we have, as well as our goals and our stakeholders.
0: So what would be your advice for someone working virtually who wants to get noticed and targeted for advancement or promotion within their organization?
1: Oh, that's an interesting question. And I actually talk to faculty members about that one often. So the overall advice would be get to know the culture of your organization. To first figure out if the trajectory that you had in mind aligns with what exists in the organization. So was your goal career something that can be accomplished here? And if so, how can you get there? The next option would be make your goals or your plans very clear to your supervisor, that's someone that can help you to get there, help you to network and help you to be more visible. And I think visibility, visibility in the online space is sometimes something that's challenging to newer remote employees. So visibility can mean different things in your organization, such as um, being logged on at a time when you're expected to be logged on, keeping an up to date calendar, attending, participating in meetings, making sure that your online persona is captured correctly. So what do I mean by that? Like making sure that in a virtual meeting space, it has your name under your picture and not some generic title so that people can really see you when you do attend and participate in things.
0: This is all fantastic information. And since you're giving us all this great insight uh, and insider information, um, I think people are sometimes afraid to say no when the boss asks if they'd like to be involved in a new project, um, You know, especially if they want to excel in the workplace. So how in a virtual organization can an employee get comfortable with saying no to their boss when presented with an opportunity that just maybe doesn't fit on their already full plate Without it negatively affecting the way they're viewed by leadership? Oh,
1: that's a great question. That's also something that I would say is a cultural consideration. Uh, but specifically on our team, I try to build a culture of trust and communication. So I strive to be mindful of the projects that each team member that works for me is is a part of. Not so I can follow up or check in with them, but so I can learn more about where their interests and their strength lies, and then where they're interested in heading on their own career pathway, I also have those regular one-on-ones with my team, and we touch base about the unique initiatives each person is working on. So I have that groundwork, and I can usually tell when a team member will or won't be interested in something that's upcoming. Or if they're already at their max load or feeling like they're at their max load. So for starters, I try to not, people, not put people in the position where they would have to decline because that's hard. <laughs> and I personally am not very good at saying no to projects or opportunities, but that's something that I've been working on uh, mindfully for about the past year or so. So when I extend an offer to a team member for a project, I always try to give them the caveat of you can say no if you're feeling that your schedule is tight or your plate is full right now, then it's not a problem if you opt out. And then I also just try to get a sense of them, you know, are you opting out of this project because of your immediate time constraints? Or is this something that you would or would not be interested in in the future? So I always see it as helping someone on their, their growth pathway, and that's unique and individual to each employee.
0: That's really valuable information, actually, for someone in a leadership position and someone on a team. So thank you um, for that. And, um, and kind of like to switch gears a little bit and talk about how to be successful as part of a virtual team. Um, you, you mentioned not only leading uh, this, this quite large team, but also being part of a smaller leadership team. Um, and so I, we've seen a lot of really fantastic content for our readers in the blog series here um, on Cavo, So I have to ask, being in a position where you have the responsibility of not only leading this fairly large virtual team, but also producing results as part of a larger leadership team, how do you stay organized?
1: <laughs> how do I stay organized? That's an interesting one. And there are a few ways that I try to do it. Um, so I have been working full time online for a number of years, even before I started in this immediate role. So there's been a few things that I've kind of honed over the years. So First, I try to keep detailed notes on tasks and on meetings, what was talked about, and in particular, if there are any action items that I'm supposed to take away, and I keep them logged in a specific place. I have a special folder just for meeting notes and and recap, so I can always go back to them. I also strive for inbox zero, so getting my Outlook inbox down to nothing, though I don't always get there. That's always my goal. And I used to keep to-do lists, uh, primarily handwritten to-do lists, but now I've incorporated all of the tasks from my to-do list to actual calendar appointments to meet for my own calendar so that I have specific time set aside to complete the various tasks of my role. And that's been a really helpful, just small change that I made, again, from those handwritten to-do notes um, to the calendar, because it's helped me just to be aware of how my time is spent throughout the day and making sure that I give myself enough time to complete all of the projects that I need to.
0: That's a really interesting perspective. I think I might like to also do that. (laughs) Um, It's, it's crazy sometimes when you have a full inbox and a long to do list. And so thank you for sharing these tips with us. Um, how do you strike a balance between the way you communicate with those you supervise, your coworkers, and your leaders? Do you do anything differently from group to group?
1: I do. I think that I communicate differently to a certain extent to each of those groups because one of the things that I strive for is to have an individual relationship with each person. So, you know, I started by saying I had 20 some full-time faculty members on my team, but none of those 20 some are the same. So, I I need to communicate with each one differently because different communication styles resonate with each one differently. And the same for my coworkers. You know, I've learned that there are some of my colleagues who like checking in, they like talking to me. Um, we have kind of a an informal chat system that we use, and they like checking in. Other people just like to hang out on their own, do their work, and not have a relationship or any informal communication with other members of the team, and that's just fine too. So I think being aware of the needs of each individual person on your team and of the team of which you are. Uh, Are apart is a very important consideration.
0: That's definitely fantastic advice. Um, Do you have any additional pieces of advice you could offer someone who's simultaneously leading a team while also working on a team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that transparency in, in leadership and in a collaborative team is really important, especially in the online environment. So we talked a little bit before about the aspect of visibility, being visible in meetings, being visible in terms of calendar appointments and when it is that people can expect to hear you. Um, So it's important that that you are visible, that you are available for your team, whether you're leading the team or a part of the team whenever they might
0: need it. Dr. Shegg, thank you so much for joining us today in support of the Center for the Advancement of Virtual Organizations. We truly appreciate your insights, and we know our listeners will benefit from your experience.
1: Thank you.